adorable. Hey guys, a couple of things before we get started. First of all, good evening. You're listening to Coalition M, and I'm your host, Carson Lopez. Secondly, I want everyone to know that this is a completely student-run show, so there's no red tape around anything. If you want to give a shout-out, ask a question, or even better, join the conversation, you should absolutely go on Facebook and like the page Coalition M, no space, capital C, and capital M, where you'll be able to contact me and let me in on some of your thoughts. Or you can look me up. My name is Carson Miller Lopez on Facebook, so please give me something to think about. As a matter, as a matter of fact, that's what I'll be calling this new segment tonight, Something to Think About. And I'll let my wonderful guest introduce herself here in just a second. But lastly, I just want to say real quick that this show is about talking to each other. It's about sharing ideas and not being afraid to critique because, unfortunately, I think people's tolerance for rejection is way too low and ideas are often tied to the person so when an idea is pulled apart it seems like the whole person is going to or should fall apart as well for future reference though no one will be pulling each other apart on this show that's just not how i roll but i always encourage my guests to be completely honest with me so that we can really get somewhere in turn i shall be completely honest with them as well so tonight we'll be discussing a few of my favorite things some politics, religion, a little this, a little that. And we're going to have some fun, so please keep listening and engage with us. My first guest of the semester, please welcome Emma Wright. She's a junior here at Fort Hayes State University, and she's got some things to say. So welcome, Emma. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. <laughs> My name is Emma Wright. Um, I am a junior at FHSU. I'm studying applied technology, which is a fancy liberal arts word for engineering. Um, oh gosh. Um, what do you like to do? <laughs> um, I, gosh, um, I like writing. I like, um, oh gosh. <laughs> I like writing. I like sculpting. I like performing, though I rarely get the chance to do that. So, um, oh gosh. There, I, I just don't know where to start. That could be good because we will learn more about you as the conversation goes on. So don't worry about it. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Emma. So it's it's very very pleasant to have you on. I'm really glad that you joined me tonight. I want to know. Um, like I said, we want to know more about you. I want to pick your brain a little bit. I want to know what matters to you. Uh, I do have a list. I told you um, just a second ago. I do have a list of some general questions. If we run into a little bit of space for time and some questions I actually specifically would like to know about you, but I'm really not concerned with sticking to a script so so much this semester as uh, I did last. So let's just see where it goes. So what's been on your mind lately, Emma? Let's just dig in. What's um, been on your mind? Let me know. Hmm. Oh, good gravy. That's a loaded question. Um, okay. Um, I don't, uh, like, lately I've been thinking a lot about disability. Okay. And for those of you that don't know me, I am physically disabled. I have spastic diplegia cerebral palsy. What is that? Basically, it's a very long word for brain damage. Um, okay. It's more, specific yeah. more specifically, <laughs> um, it's related to um, spinal cord damage, or so I've been told, and so I've come to learn. I could be wrong. There's actually 
not as much known about cerebral palsy as we'd like to, but what we do know is that the damage caused uh, er, causes the messages that go from your body to control or go from your mind to control the rest of your body get kind of caught up in a certain area. This could be the lower top or the lower half, the top half, mm -hmm. um, left, right. For me, it is the lower half, which makes my walking a little funny um, to anybody who might decide to <laughs> stare at me while I walk, um, <laughs> which happens a lot. And that that's kind of not been bugging me, but I've been thinking about it. Like, mm -hmm. every year I seem to learn new things about my disability and myself and how others react to it and I ha oh I need to react to others to react uh, gosh that was a confusing yeah, I thing sentence. I get what you're saying but I'll yeah follow. it's and I I spent a very long uh, yeah basically all of my life um, building this kind of thick skin so I'm not bothered so much by um bothered by people staring at me or people pointing at me or people asking what's wrong with your legs do people uh, do that well they did a lot more when i was a kid mostly kids my age would ask what's wrong with your legs although mm -hmm. i did get an adult once who said nah it's none of my business but <laughs> and it's like oh if God. it's none of your business then why are you right, asking right right right, right. and to, to tell you the truth, I don't mind answering because mm. I've gotten used to answering it. And it, it's just a part of me, so mm. it's not a big deal. But I just, I have to laugh at all the different ways people, like, try to ask me politely right. <laughs> or try, or don't ask me politely at all. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I've kind of built a thick skin to stuff like that. Um. But as I grow older, I realize kind of that even though it shouldn't matter how people are going to react to me, I do need to be aware of how people are going to react. If, um, like, hmm, how do I word this differently? Um, oh, gosh. Um, like... Oh, gosh. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so That's okay. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, how, how do people react to you now versus when you were a kid, do you think? Well, when I was a kid, it was a lot of, like... Um, now, granted, when I was a kid, I was a lot less aware of it, aside from the questions of... Or aside from the occasional bullying and the occasional questions of, what's wrong with your legs? Mm -hmm. But, like, I was less aware of it but the older I got the more aware of it I became I guess I'm sorry what was the question originally <laughs> you're, you're fine just fine I just mean um do people still ask you those dumb questions here on campus do people still um, point do they laugh I mean what's your experience well thankfully college people act like adults or at least try to I would hope so, so. like they don't point or laugh or they don't point and laugh um but like when you're physically disabled, like visibly so, um, what wherever your disability kind of is, um, it's like every day you kind of have to perform. You have to work twice as hard to look normal or look like you're capable. Because if you do one thing where um, 
Uh, I'm wheelchair bound. So if I have trouble getting over a stump in a doorway, or if I drop something on my lap and it spills, there will be like a crowd of people that comes around me, even though I can easily take care of the problem by myself. Be um, because, er, but it's, it's, it's normal for people to prejudge people with disabilities. Okay. It's easy for them to do it. So, are you offended when people try to help you out? Um, like, I've learned not to be, okay. and it sucks that I have to learn not to be offended by something. Um, but... Well, this is a very special case. Yeah. So. Um, so I've learned not to be offended, but it nonetheless makes me mad, just because I don't... It's a different reaction than to somebody who might have dropped something or fallen um, who was physically able. Maybe mm -hmm. somebody like a friend or somebody would say, hey, are you okay? Hey, do you need help? But people seem to act or treat everybody with a disability like they are incapable. Okay. Or at least that's, that's my experience, and that's sure. the way I see it. So would you prefer that if you were to fall, or let's hope not, but if you were to like have trouble getting either out of or back into your wheelchair, would you prefer people just leave you alone? Like, how would you like people to behave, to react to you? If when you're in, even if you're not in trouble, even if you're not, if, even if you don't, if you're not struggling with something, how would you like people to react to you? I would just, if somebody asks me I, or if I'm okay or do I need help, that I would be happy if somebody asked that. Because oftentimes okay. if I've fallen, and like um, the other day I was walking out to the parking lot uh -huh. out by Wooster because there's no good parking out by... Um, uh, by not McMidas, by um, I now live in Tiger or er, Village, not Tiger Village, oh, place? Victory. Okay, Victory. I, oh God, I hate that name. <laughs> um, but like, there's no good parking, so I have to walk all the way to the Wooster parking lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I fell and I was standing at that point and I had my crutch, but I was right next to a curb and I was trying to use the curb to get up, mm -hmm. but it was unsuccessful. And one of the guys that was working out in the front, because there's still a lot of work that needs to be done out in the front of the building if you haven't seen it. <laughs> I uh, have, yes. It's, it's not. Um, but one of the guys, um, he, f uh, he saw me and he's like, do you want any help up? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be nice. And mm -hmm. that, uh, I don't know, I guess... People all or people will act like that, and I gotta get used to it a little. But I appreciate like not what? not act like that. But people will swarm, or people okay. will sometimes assume that I need help, or assume that I need more help. And people are going to act like that, and I've kind of too or gotten used to it. But I appreciate that interaction the other day that I had with mm -hmm. that guy, because it's just a. I needed help, he helped me, it was good, he listened to what I needed, mm -hmm. and then we moved on, and it was good. And So you do want help, but only when... Uh, it's very convoluted, it's, I don't know, it's more just about respecting, or it's more just about respect, I guess, and okay. I know this is very confusing. No, no, it's okay, I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, um, it's... 
it's just about respect, like personal respect, personal er, respect for personal space too. Okay. So you don't want. So is it disrespectful when a bunch of people swarm around you and try to pick you up? Is that what you it mean? Se- it. It's like, I don't know. To me, it's like uh, it is abusing my personal space in s- in a way. If that makes sense. Like when they help you without asking. You yeah. Okay. Or when they try to help, or they try to help you without asking what you need, or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. And well, that well, that makes sense. Yeah. That you that if you don't want people touching you immediately. Yeah. For them to just touch you without asking. Yeah. That is a. I think anybody who would anybody you know would mm-hmm. like someone to ask hey do you need help no thanks yeah. I got it or yes please could mm-hmm. you take my arm whatever you know so that makes sense okay and oh gosh and I don't know coming back or um coming back around it's like in a way I've learned to not expect that people will act like this but to know that they mean well Mm -hmm. I don't like it but they mean well I guess and it um it can be very frustrating but I have to I don't know remember to give them grace in that sense because they are they're thinking they're trying to do the right thing they just don't know how to okay I guess Uh, that makes sense because with this whole with Hurricane Harvey in Texas, um, people were talking about what not to do, what doesn't really help mm-hmm. um, with sending, you know, clothes or food or diapers or whatever they need. Some people some people are more harmed than they are help. Yeah. So that makes sense that even though they're trying to help, they're not being very helpful. Mm-hmm. That's completely legit. Um, thank you. So, what would you like people to know about your disability or about you? Um, because, I mean, I'm, I'm not assuming that you speak for everybody with mm-hmm. a disability or even with your disability, but Definitely what would you not. like people to know about your disability or about how you'd like to be treated um, in the realm of, you know, don't help me unless I ask you or at least ask me first, don't immediately put your hands on me. I just would like people to treat me like they would treat anybody else. And I know that I know I'm in this kind of screen or window of disability where people see me differently, but I want people to treat me and to treat other er, people with physical disabilities or visual or visible er, disabilities like normal people respect sure. them like normal people because they are normal people they're right. just they learn differently they move differently they do things differently okay that makes sense mm-hmm. i mean i would say that i've never been taught to do anything different but that's just me like people are raised differently all over the place i yeah. was never like you know the whole don't stare don't point like that was just for everybody don't stare don't point at anybody ever yeah. you know but I can see how from your point of view things might be a little different mm-hmm. things might be a little different because you are or you could be or were sometimes the person being pointed at or laughed at bullied whatever mm-hmm. and that's messed up but 
I think those are pretty simple rules <laughs> to follow. Just so to be a little bit uh, more specific, what is uh, treating you like everybody else look like? Just, just I mean, so so I know that you said, mm -hmm. you know, just like you would if your friend dropped his or her pencil, you would just say you just you know pick it up for them maybe, but you wouldn't like you know rush. No, ten people wouldn't rush to pick up someone's pencil, right? Yeah. But uh, so besides that, what does that look like? Would you prefer to look like people I just treating you like everybody else? I mean, I mean, <sighs> is it just that realm? Is it just that part? of it that you that you don't like is everything else pretty regular or what i mean i that <laughs> um it's okay you can think about it we have time people will always treat disabled people like second class citizens not all people mm -hmm. but oftentimes we are treated like second class citizens okay. just because people what does that mean um just people don't, uh, going back, people don't know how to deal with disabilities. People don't know what to s expect, what to think, which is why some people pounce on people with physical disabilities if there's trouble, or maybe in their experience, or maybe their experience with disabled people is different, that or is different in some way, but people mm -hmm. just generally don't know, or don't know how to react to us, nor do they know, um, they just don't know how to act uh, around us or how to treat around us or that we are, in fact, a lot of us just trying to live a normal life. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you mean by treating you like a second class citizen? Do people treat you inferior to them? Some some of them do. Okay. It's sometimes it's just in the way they talk because you can sometimes if you're around a person enough you can kind of see the tone change, see their like how they treat you versus how they treat other people. Okay. Um. Um. Oh gosh, another way is actually through the legal system. Uh, well, like, okay, so there's the ADA. Okay. And I that? don't, um, that would be, um, Americans with disability, or ADD, sorry. Um, America, no, ADA, I can't <laughs> do okay. words today. Americans with Disabilities Act. Okay. Which, ba er, basically, it's, um, it's laws, or kind of, or allowing accessibility in the United States for people with physical disabilities. And some of it was brought on, I want to say 60s or 70s, roughly, when people were starting to complain, or when people with physical disabilities were starting to, like, take, or, um, take stuff into their own hands. Like, they were seeing what civil rights movements were doing, what all the other groups uh, or groups were doing to make sure everybody got equal rights and stuff and mm -hmm. um, I remember one story that I read in a um, history book where um, this one guy uh, he had to be in a court case but there um, but um, he had to climb a ton of stairs in order to get there but he had no legs 
how is he supposed to get to court? And he could have gotten in trouble for being in court, but only because he couldn't climb up the stairs because he had no legs. And it's stuff like that that kind of built up the momentum. And, oh gosh, I used to have this great picture of a lot of people in wheelchairs sitting in front of um, one of, I think it was the Lincoln Memorial, just sitting in front of the stairs because they could not get there, or because there were no slopes or anything, so or for them to actually see the Lincoln Memorial, mm-hmm. they just sat there in everybody's way, making their point. And it's like, w- we've got, or we've gotten far, fr- or we've taken a lot of good steps in a couple of centuries, which I appreciate. Like, there are slopes and elevators in buildings, and it's amazing, but sometimes it seems like people don't, still don't think it through. Like, the A- or the ADA, um, and gosh, I wish I, I wish I've actually, or like, I keep meaning to actually read up on all the actual, like, specifics of the law. Mm-hmm. But um, the idea is that when you make a building or when you make a space, you make it accessible for people with physical disabilities. People have to use wheelchairs, walkers, canes, crutches, stuff like that, so that they have the same access to a space as anybody with a f- or with no physical disability. Um, but when it's uh, it seems so often when people are when people are making spaces and they're like, oh, we have to make this accessible, well, we'll we'll put a slope right there and then we'll check it off their list. And they don't think about where they're putting their slope or where they're putting their parking spot and how that actually affects the person with the disability Mm -hmm. or like the steepness or um, I can't tell you the amount of times where I've had to go up a slope that was steep and I've got I've got good muscles. I've got guns. I would assume. <laughs> but, yeah. like, for me, for me, sometimes these are hard to get up physically. And it's, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it would be like for somebody with less arm strength that has to use a manual wheelchair mm-hmm. to get up those slopes. And it's, it, it's, it bothers me so much because it's, it's just a thing to check, uh, it's just a box to check off of a list. But it's such an important thing, and it, I don't know, sometimes when I walk into those spaces, it makes, er, and I see that slope or that weirdly placed parking spot or an elevator that's way in the back of the building, Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel not welcome. It makes me feel not, like, you've taken the time to welcome other people, and you've taken the time to create a space for people to... I don't know, learn or talk or eat or do business, but I don't feel welcome in this space. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you've t- or I don't feel like you've considered me as a factor of this of your plans or something like that. Like especially in a place like a college or mm-hmm. a business where I I for instance would be part of a team or part of a group or part of a group of students, it makes me not feel like I am the same. It makes me feel like a lower class citizen. So you mentioned college. Is there something on this campus you would like to change? Or should I say how many things would you like to change on this campus? There's a very long list. Please tell me a couple. 
Um, well, actually one that we did kind of-ish fix was the Applied Technologies building, which was very important to me because, as I said before, my major is Applied Technology. So, like, um, gosh, when I first saw the building, because they were building the building, um, yeah, over the, or they had started, um, the semester before laying out all the plans and finishing all the stuff, um, and over the summer, they had built the building, and it's nice, and it's new, and it's beautiful, and I've been inside, and it's fantastic, but on the outside, um, first time I took a look at the space, it's like, there is no disabled parking. There is no disabled parking, nor is there a way to get up from the parking to the er, to the actual sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I got a little help from my dad since, um, forty-year-old sorry, Papa, <laughs> government worker um, has a little more leeway than um, very tired students. Um, but he kind of helped. Or it helped um, the president and some other people working and finishing up the last bits and pieces to see that they needed to better accommodate this space. And now there's one disabled parking spot <laughs> in front, which I'm not, I think that they could put a couple more because I agree. There are more disabled people than just one on campus at least, and more than. There will t come a time where there's more than one physically disabled student in your applied technologies building. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, sorry, <laughs> brain fart. Um, but yeah, that's something that we managed to fix that was awesome. Weast was a big one on my list, actually, before it got destroyed, which <laughs> I take great joy in watching that. But Weast was kind of a nightmare for many reasons. Um, like carpet, oh, right? The carpet. And when they when they changed when they renovated the floors in McMindus, I remember when you and I were RAs, it was tough for you to get oh. around on those floors because yes. of the carpet. And oh my god! I would have hated for you to live on that floor because uh, there was all all of the uh, furniture was mobile. Yeah, S and it was. And the beds were lofted, all of them. All of them yeah. were lofted. And, and so the furniture yeah. was built so it could be put under the lofted bed. That doesn't yeah. work for me. I cannot climb. All right. It's and, oh gosh, Victory Village is still carpeted. Yeah. And that's the thing. I've said, I've said this aloud to the hall director, or to the la last hall director at McMidas before, and nothing was done where I had literally said the carpet is a bit of a problem mm -hmm. for me and probably for anybody else in a wheelchair. It, slow er, it slows um, a wheelchair down. It makes pushing harder. Even in an electric chair, it could slow things down. And I don't know much about the feeling of an electric chair because I've never done it before, but I, I'd sti I don't know. It's still bothers me and it also bothers me that even though the person that I had talked to about the carpeting said oh yeah we're taking all this into consideration we're gonna fix this stuff we're gonna make it better and it wasn't done the new the new rooms look exactly like the other new rooms and I was totally not listened to on that regard 
So, uh, yeah. So what can students do right now? What who who do we need to talk to? Who do we need to write letters to? What can we do um, to fix this? The big person to talk to on campus would be the Kelly Center, but um, I don't know. I've tried to reach out to them on a couple of things, and I've Wh- why the Kelly Center? Well, the Kelly Center um, has a um, has a disabled kind of faction to it. Okay. I don't know what it's called, dang it. But um, they are people that work with or that can work with students with disabilities. Okay. Um, Do they also talk to the people who build these buildings? Is that why um, we go through them, or to some or to some extent, yeah. Like I've even talked to them a couple of times about. Um, Adjusting, um, uh, there's a crosswalk off of Jellison Bridge that is the worst. And it's still not great, but it's a bit better. But the way that it would slope, it was at this very sharp angle where my front, or my small front wheels would get caught and I would vault forward. Mm-hmm. And that, so like I managed to talk to them about fixing that and it's still not great, but it's a lot better. Okay. Um, and so, like, they would be the people to talk to for, um, for being, um, or for creating places more accessible or talking about problem solving with accessibility. Um, they haven't answered my emails a couple of times the first couple of weeks I've been here, though, and I don't know why. Maybe they're busy or maybe my emails didn't send. I've had a couple that just haven't sent to begin with, but I don't, I don't know. So would you say that we could write to, call, email the Kelly Center, the yeah. disability faction, whatever that might be, I'll find out later about making every building on campus disability friendly? Is that what you'd like I us to focus on? Well, I would like that to be a focus with anybody making any building. The right. problem we run into, and this is me thinking a bit capitalistically here, even though I would first and foremost like accepti- or accessible buildings, is that it's expensive and it's a lengthy process for anything to be fixed, apparently. And it... It drives me crazy because it makes sense. Like some of these older buildings, it takes time and money to readjust and to make them accessible. But as a disabled person, it's like, I might need to use this space or I might need access to this very old library. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it's very problematic. Okay. Well, what else would you like, or can students do other than make sure people realize, make sure everybody realizes this is a real problem, because every student deserves to be able to get where they need to where they need to go on campus. That's a basic thing. Yeah. Really. Well, I would say just be aware of it. Okay. Like, be aware of people's physical needs and it sounds like a simple thing but it's something where it's like I don't know not enough people understand um oh gosh I lost my train of thought again I'm sorry um take your time 
yeah, not enough people understand what it's like, or what it, what disability is, or how it actually affects people. Like, people look at somebody with a disability in a two-dimensional sense, um, of person with disability, and it's like, it's not just that, it's person who has a disability, who is this and this and this, and th I'm getting off topic a little, but it's like, people, people, um, gosh, it just, people need to be aware that disabled people are still citizens, if that makes any sense. Like, we're not... does to me. Pretty simple. Yeah, well, simple to you, because you're an, you're an intelligent pe person. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of Thank intelligent you. people that, like, I will walk up to and I will talk to and I feel totally comfortable with, because they won't treat me any different than they'll treat another friendly so-and-so. But, like... Other or other people have the problem where or other people just don't know that it's okay to treat me or treat anybody else with a physical disability like a person. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, people's kind of anxiety, uh, maybe they feel when you're around to take care of you or to make sure you don't hurt yourself, do you think that maybe comes from a fear of maybe not doing the right thing or maybe of not being, I don't know, politically correct? Like when they talk to you, they don't want to offend you. They don't know what offends you. So they just take the safe route and just barely say anything at all. Or they speak as, I don't know exactly how people would talk to you yeah. any differently, but you know, do you think it comes from a place where they're not necessarily, they don't, Maybe they don't see you as, you know, this poor little thing that needs help, but they, they also don't want to overstep and never help you ever, you I know? Do you think maybe it's just kind of trying to ride that balance of, yeah. well, how do I treat her? I don't know her. I don't know exactly what her situation is, and I don't know how to act, so I'm just going to mm -hmm. do what makes me feel better. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tend to this anxiety that I have around her, and I'm just gonna you yeah. know kind of pounce like you said. I think that that is definitely the or definitely the thing, and more than most, I think that is the reason some people just have trouble talking to me like I'm a normal person, just because it's that anxiety. Mm -hmm. And like I get it, anxiety is really tough. It's hard to get to the place where you have the courage to face or the courage to like I don't know talk or talk to anybody talk to somebody um personally about anything it's and I gosh I'm starting to trail off again dang it um I get that it can be hard but it's I am on the receiving end so often from that kind of response that I get really impatient with it. Mm -hmm. So so how, that brings up a question. If you were completely able-bodied mm -hmm. and someone were instead in your position, how would you treat that person? That 
that is a very interesting question. Um, like that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, like I think, or I th I think about that a lot. Where it's like sometimes I am myself in the position where I have trouble talking to somebody because of their disability or because I don't know how they want to be treated mm -hmm. myself, and so I always. And, like, I also just, like, I don't know. Um, gosh, trailed off again. I keep doing that. Um, like, I can't say that I'd, if I ha didn't have a disability and I didn't know what it felt like to be disabled, I don't know if I could say that I would know how to treat somebody with a physical disability. I... I just I I don't know if I'd react any different than anybody else and okay. I I guess when you're disabled you get a great perspective but it's it's really hard because that that seems to be the norm for pe or for people just to not know how to talk t or how to talk to somebody with a disability or not know how to treat them That makes sense Okay. Um, let's see. So it sounds like you can definitely understand why people may act the way they do. Mm -hmm. But there's still this conflicting kind of mm, frustration yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. Which both are totally valid. Mm. So, how do you deal with that? How understanding why people act li like that, but also being frustrated that they act like that? Well, I um <laughs> sometimes I d that's the or to be honest, sometimes I can't deal with it. Sometimes it's an angry um one person rants in my room or <laughs> an angry I have a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> I completely relate. Just Oh no. But it's so that, like, in my short adult life, um, it's it's very hard because it, all my life, um, when I was growing up, my parents, who are amazing, if you're listening, I don't know if you actually are, <laughs> but you're amazing. They can if they want to. <laughs> they should. Um, well, I I gave them. Th they might be hearing this via street I don't know mm -hmm. my brother said he found a way to get to hear it uh -huh. while it was happening I don't know how he did it because he lives in um, Montana right now <laughs> well there's a, there's a website people can okay yeah so he probably found that. that and he might have and you could give it yeah. to him send it to him whatever yeah yeah but like yeah so they might be listening they might not be at the moment but your guys are amazing but they've pushed they've pushed me so hard to be everything that I am and um, another interesting thing you should know is I'm a Christian I'm non-denominational um, roughly it's the, ba er, the basis of non-denominational is that we are Bible believing we believe in the literal context of the Bible so I think there is a word for that though and I think it's 
possibly both it, uh, fundamentalist evangelical stuff like that is that sounds like I've if that's just the yeah. only if that's the only one but if you guys have other traditions like kind of like uh, the church I used to go to, uh, they call themselves non-denominational, but they have Catholic, the Catholic ritual of going up yeah. for communion and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but they don't pull, but they don't pull in the saints or anything like that. It's, it's Bible studies I basically mean, and stuff like that. To give you context, maybe, um, my, uh, um, I lean towards, uh, Baptist. Okay. Or, er, yeah. Okay. Um. So kind of that tradition of baptism without yeah. all of the aspects, maybe. Mm-hmm. Is that what you, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. But so, I and I grew up, or I grew up in a Christian household, and I grew up with the idea that God made me for a reason. And sometimes that was very hard to hear, because why did or why did God make me with a disability? Why did God give me so much pain? Why is this so hard? Um. And it's still hard for me to remember the answer to that more than just God has a plan. But like growing up, I grew up with this, with this context or with this Christian context. And I grew up with parents that pushed, they did push me. They wanted me to be everything that I could be. They wanted me to be um, everything God had set out for me to be. And I, I don't know God's plans and I don't know what they are, but they wanted me to be able to um, do, God, or do God's work, but they also wanted me to have a normal life, or as normal life as the I could have. So, um, from this, I have habitual, like, f- from this upbringing, I have kind of pushed, continued on pushing myself, mm-hmm. like wanting to do the things that normally you might not see a physically disabled person do, like playing soccer during middle school or hang gliding, hang gli- not hang gliding. Um, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I still want to try <laughs> it sometime in my yeah, life. But why not? Dang it! What's it called when you're um uh when you slide across the road? Zip lining. Yes. Yeah. Like I would do that kind of stuff, but more than that, I would just challenge myself and work hard to do things that I wanted to do, but also work hard to do the things that people assumed that I couldn't do. And part of it was out of pride. Yes. And part of it was me wanting to impress my parents. But as I grew up, I also just wanted wanted to be a good tool for God and again a lot of that is built up in pride and I have to work on that because pride can be very sinful but part of it is I want I want to or I want to be an example of what God can do Okay. In some or in somebody's life, and I, I don't know. It 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 can be very hard though, because um. I, I t- or I had talked about this earlier, where 
I want to be treated like a normal person and this is because I've worked so hard to be as normal as possible and that's still gonna be hard for me because my knees hyperextend when I walk which looks kind of goofy and most of the time when I'm on campus you'll see me in a wheelchair mm -hmm. but it's like I work hard so that I can be part of society but when people don't give me the same respect that they would to a normal person or they don't treat me like they would another person or another colleague because of my disabil or disability it's so very frustrating because it's it's like continually running into a wall trying to get past a wall of this mass of people that will not see you for more than your disability and it's again occasionally I will find the people people like you or people like some of the other friends I've had in my life that will that will look past the disability and will talk to me like a normal human being and those people can like me those people can hate me I don't but like at least they're liking or hating you as a person exactly as a disability they're not making they're not making a judgment on the disability they're making a judgment on how they or on what they know about me personally and so yeah and again like i get i get the anxiety because or i get the anxiety but it's just so hard when everybody has that anxiety mm -hmm. and it it makes me have to work twice as hard to be friendly to be um talkative to be um extrovert or extroverted and to be open it makes me have to work twice as hard so that people feel comfortable enough to talk to me to become friends with me and to see past the physical and appreciate me for who I am or for what I like or to not to or, or to not appreciate me for who I am and what I like mm -hmm. so uh, you talked a little bit about your upbringing uh, the fact that you're a Christian so let's get into some of your some of your values unless you want to is there something else you'd like to no? you'd like to add on that I, th I think that's very inspiring yeah. uh, I I admire you for not taking anything less than what you deserve and, and I think that's how it should be. I it never occurred to me that people would look at you any different, honestly. But like I said, n not everybody's raised the same way, you know. Uh so I guess that makes sense and but hearing it from your perspective does just change a lot. And it's you know, it's things that able bodied people won't even won't even cross their minds. It doesn't cross my mind that there's there are only a few uh, disabled parking spots in certain places in the building. You know, it doesn't. If anything, I'm like, dang it, that's a you know a disabled parking. I can't park there even though it's right <laughs> next to the building. Like, it doesn't occur to me why is there only one. It doesn't occur to me why are there no slopes here? When why are the slopes are why are the slopes in a weird place? Why is the elevator in the back of the building? You know, that doesn't mm -hmm. that stuff doesn't occur to me. And so I'm glad that you can that you can bring those to light for me and people like me who you know, don't necessarily think it's cool to treat you any differently, but also have no idea, you know, and need to know things that, so thank you mm -hmm. for uh, letting me in, in on that. 
and I, I do hope. I do plan to see who this disability faction within the Kelly Center is and see if, if uh, I can start a dialogue with them and get people I know to start a dialogue with them because these things need to change. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's infuriating me just hearing you talk about it, so I can't imagine what it's like having to live it and having to write those never-to-be-answered emails. That must be even more infuriating than than whatever people swarming to you and mm-hmm. things like that. And so thank you for enlightening me on that. And I hope that everybody who listens is also like, Oh God, <laughs> that's <laughs> terrible. Um, but I want to know about your values. I know we worked with each other for like a little year there. Um, so do you, I'll just ask you co- a few questions just to get kind of a ballpark and then I'll shape my questions from there. So do you, you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, do you consider yourself a feminist? Um, kind of. Okay. In what way? Um, well, I used to be wholeheartedly feminist in on or in the sense where well, in the same sense that I fight against against people that don't see disability. And I mm-hmm. say fighting, it's more just like pushing at a wall. But um Well, I hope that changes. Hopefully. Very soon. It's, uh, but, um, it was, I just, and I still am, I like the, I want everybody to be treated for what they can do mm-hmm. more than what they are, and there's a very long discussion about gender identities that I don't know if I want to have right now. Okay. But, like, I don't know, I think some, I just want pe- or like I'm an engineer mm-hmm. but I'm also a girl and you don't see a whole lot of female engineers back in the day you saw no female engineers because engineering was a man's job right but um I l- I just like the idea of people being valued for what they can do for their skills for their ab- or for their abilities, not because they are female or male. Um, Sounds pretty feminist to me. Yeah. Well, I I used to, I don't know. I mean, I know people are scared of that word, and it means all sorts of things, and it has a lot of connotations. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying feminism is perfect. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve criticism, and mm-hmm. some of the criticism that it's gotten so far. But I just mean, I think you and I have that in common. We yeah. both just very basically want to be treated uh, for who we are not you know yeah the body we're in whatever that may look like so what in what ways so you kind of hesitated um in what ways are you not feminist well i only say i'm not feminist anymore it, like for a while i wholeheartedly clung to the idea of feminism if only because um Oh, gosh, this is going to be a fun conversation, but the wage gap. The wage gap. Like, I was very, very sure of myself with that, and I'm like, er, females need to be paid as much as men. Mm -hmm. But then I did some research, and this was only a couple years ago. I did some research, and the idea that women make, oh, gosh, I can't remember the number that they have. Seven cents on the dollar. Eighty-seven. I'm not sure. Or 70, but sorry, not 70. Yeah. <laughs> Se- 70 cents on the dollar. That would be right, okay. Yeah. But, like, I did some research, 
And I learned that that statistic is taken from the, it's taken from a very weird perspective. And that perspecti perspective is females and males in jobs in general, like statistically. Like statistically, mm -hmm. men currently, or there are more like male CEOs than female CEOs as far as I know, but like they're there are more men in construction jobs and more high-paying jobs, whereas there are statistically more women or women in secretarial positions or other positions. Also, mm -hmm. women, when they have babies, take maternity leaves, and all of er, which er, in which they're not paid. And all of this is taken into consideration with the wage gap, which is why the wages smaller for females than it is for males because of all of these factors. Okay. Um, and so... So do you think um, because you don't see the wage gap as a big problem that doesn't make you feminist well anymore or what? I'd, s I'd say that I... S um, I'd say that I kind of separated myself from that or er, from feminism because that was no longer a fight that need or er, a cause that I needed to fight for okay. what, uh, what if it there was were more, more what if it was what if the cause was trying to get women in those positions as well, well? the idea I have hold on this is kind of very complicated it was um I no longer wanted to call myself a feminist because I was, it wasn't just feminism, I was, it wasn't, it's not just feminism though, it's feminism and disability and just generally treating people like people. I didn't want to call it a thing, I just wanted people to be treated like people, no matter the race, gender, ability, whatever, I just like... I divorced myself from the specific, or from the specifics. Also, when I got, um, I don't know, when I got myself into the idea of feminism, I started thinking way too intensely about, oh, men, oh, men are jerks. And that's not feminism. That's not right. good feminism. I agree. But I wanted to get myself out of that mindset and wanted to look at the big picture of everybody. So, I don't entirely call myself a feminist anymore for that reason. So, you still have feminist ideals, but mm -hmm. you don't want to just be called a feminist. Exactly. So, would it make you more comfortable to know that you can be a feminist and fight for disabilities and be a Christian? Well, I can, I can do all those things and not label it. I can just call it That's love. True. Well, yeah, but you also call yourself a Christian mm -hmm. when you could just say I follow the Bible well but generally you know when people I think you know feminist when people say I'm a feminist that's just telling somebody these thoughts they prescribe to you know it's not necessarily saying at least for me I don't know other people are different at least for me it's like this is one part of me mm -hmm. that's that I call this because it subscribes to this and then I call myself you know this because I prescribe myself to this as well and you know so is it just that you don't like um, 
this may sound odd. Do you just not like the word feminist? Would you prefer to call it some like something? Maybe if you could find something that encompasses everything about you, would you still use that word or no? Hmm. I would say that just that. <sighs> I would say that I don't. It's not that I don't like the word feminism. I like. Okay. Like core or corely, I like the idea of feminism because because of it we've gotten so far. Like mm -hmm. it's the same thing as disabled people sitting at the front steps of the Lincoln Memorial demanding that things be accessible. It's women or er, women protesting in the streets demanding that they get, er, they get the right to vote. Mm -hmm. It's like that that is historically very important to me, but I also I feel like, hmm, this is, I feel like calling myself a feminist is just narrowing, or is just narrowing the, or my thing, whereas, or I can be a feminist and say I fight for women's rights, I, f um, I demand equal treatment, equal pay, stuff like that, which should be a thing. But as a or as a Christian, I I can still be that, and I can be all, or like I can be a Christian and show love to people and treat people how or treat everybody how they ought to be treated. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And. I or I that's the thing. I could be still called a feminist if you want to call it that, but I don't I don't call it that. Okay. That's fine. Cool. That's fine. Uh I'm actually reading a book right now. I don't have you heard of The Handmaid's Tale? Um bits and pieces. Okay. Not it's enough to it's know. It's an oldie. Uh mm -hmm. not that old, I think maybe eighties. Um but it's basically this kind of dystopian uh, world, kind of like 1984. I don't know if you read that in high school. But um, she says in it, uh, people ask me, is the premise is uh, this theocracy where women, some women are basically just these birthers or breeders, whatever you want to call them. And she said, some of my fans ask me, is this a feminist novel? And I say, well, it's about women being people and women, and some women being the villains and some women not being the villains and some women being neither. Uh, so if you want to call it that, I guess. But this is really just about people. And s a lot of the people are the women. And so is that kind of where you're coming from? Where it's like you can call it feminism if you want to, but it's really just me and my thoughts. Is that kind of... Yeah, that... I guess that that would be what you, er, yeah, sorry, I'm a little, um, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, um, just letting everything sink in. Mm-hmm. What are some things you would critique feminism on, um, if that makes sense? Or maybe the people 
who are who call themselves feminists, maybe not necessarily their ideals, but maybe how they go about it. What would you, what would you say about that? I just, not assuming you're talking to everybody, of yeah. course, but I would say just, I mean, with every with every political view and every belief system, you get the crazies. You get sure. people that Absolutely. just. It just make your or make your whole opinion look odd or weird or crazy, but more I don't know. More than that, there's so many different like there's so many different like chapter. I don't want to call it chapters. Maybe I don't know. There are just so many different viewpoints or parts of feminism that make that make it very hard to focus on one thing or what feminism should be because you you get the people that are like yeah f- or, or simple black and white treat women like you would everybody else treat people like people mm-hmm. but you get people that are very or within those groups that are very anti-men or just negative towards men because they right. are the antagonist right so it can which is not true yeah and that's that's my main that's my main problem okay. with it is that in the process of or in the process of desiring and demanding equality, we kind of shipped off on a tangent. Exactly. And yeah. to some extent it becomes a little hypocritical. Like if you are going to demand that women get treated equally, you should also demand that men get treated equally. This is a even playing field this isn't one is stronger than the other this is just let or this is it shouldn't even matter i guess um and that's yeah that's the main or that's the main thing i guess that i have or that i have with feminism that makes it very hard to attach myself fully it's that there's or there is that negativity and I don't like that negativity because it's not, not helpful like that either, and absolutely. it's not conducive. Right. Okay. Um, random question. Um, if So, do you mean physically stronger than the other or do you mean well, just like in general? I mean... L- and that's this a weird is, question. This is another very long argument to have. Um, there are some that would ar- there were there are some that w- ar- would argue that men and women differ. Well, I f- I tend to agree with this to an extent that men and women differ um, physically in their abilities w- and stuff. I would agree with that yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> Obviously, we're physically different. Yeah. Um, so, and. What um to what extent of what women and men can't do mm-hmm. I haven't like <sighs> here may, may, let me let me um let me f- try to finish the question maybe this will narrow okay. it down a little I'm sorry if somebody uh, were to say I was very feminist and then I did some research and found out that men are actually stronger than women and then I was like 
Uh, I don't really want to be a feminist anymore. With that, do you think that they should... Do you think that that's enough to say, you know, I'm not really a feminist, even if they keep everything else? Even if they keep the, they still shouldn't, women still shouldn't hit men, men still shouldn't hit women, doesn't matter who's stronger. But they were like, well, this one thing didn't really make sense to me based on the research that I did, so I don't want to really prescribe to that anymore. Do you think that they should still stick with it, or do you think that that's like a, a, uh, I don't know what I want to call it, a sound reason to kind of not flip it off, but dismiss it, I guess. That's a better word. I mean, analytically speaking, I'd ask what what research they did, what um, what this article is saying, because I think men and women are, have different strengths in different ways. Sure. But I would also say that everybody is entitled to their opinion. I may not always agree. Right. But it's like if well, some facts yeah. out there, too. And I, uh, yeah, there, uh, there's facts, there's fiction, there's whatever, but people, people are stubborn sometimes. Yes. And people that just, if I, some, that's the thing, sometimes I will, ar or sometimes I will argue a point if it's worth being argued, but sometimes, sometimes I think people need to make their own decisions, and sometimes people learn from their own decisions. Mm -hmm. And so... I'd encourage that person to do more research, but sure. that's... Well, the reason I ask is just because that was my... When, uh, when you talked about, you know, the wage gap and, and yeah. the research you did, that was going to be my question was, you know, uh, what kind of research did you did? And I, w what kind of research did you do? Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so, because I would hope that something like that wouldn't necessarily deter you from calling yourself a feminist, because I know that there's a big problem there's a stigma around the word. And there's, always yeah. been, there's always been a stigma. People don't like it. I mean, it. there's also a stigma against Christianity. So. Yes. And, uh, well, yeah, a lot of things do. Um, but I would hope that that wouldn't deter you so much as it seems to have, uh, which is the only reason I brought up, you know, the... Yeah. Because you seem to agree that women, women and men don't have enough of a physical difference to make a decision as to, well, we should put them in this camp and, you know, the other gender in this camp. So you, s you seem to be pretty level on that, mm -hmm. you know. And so I would hope that um, something like finding out some research on the wage gap and whether or not it's true or not, that uh, that wouldn't permanently divorce you from feminism, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but moving on. Um, so... Again, just letting it sink in a little bit. You and I would definitely agree that uh, feminism seems to have this name that it's like man-hating. Yeah. And neither you or I hate men. And I've actually been surprised with the number of men that I've met who are feminists themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not. I don't think that they're pigs or making exactly, it worse or yeah. anything like that. I don't even think that about most men, you know. But there was a time when I was really, really young, and that was how I saw it. But, you know, mm -hmm. ideas evolve. People grow up and 
see things for what they really are and so their brains mature right which is great um so i'm gonna let you decide what we talk about next we can talk about uh we can talk about your christianity we can talk about trump we can talk about both what what would you like or something else that you have in mind or would you like to talk about more about feminism did you have anything else you wanted to um say on feminism i th- i think i've said or i've kind of said my part on feminism okay um i don't know let's let's take the route of reli- or religion let's talk okay. about my christianity okay so how um just a second so you were uh brought up right in a christian home so you were kind of just indoctrinated at a very young age was was there a period when you were not christian is i guess what i'm well i could well i um there's some what I, uh, what I'm going to tell you or say is that um sometimes not sometimes there is a big difference between growing up in a Christian household and being a Christian. Okay. And like okay Interesting. so what, what do you mean? Okay, so I'll use this as an example. I had this uh or back home in Colorado my dad um does this transitions group, which is basically uh, seniors in high school, college age students, and students who are working who are out of high school. Um, so they're not students; they're just young adults. Yeah. Um, one day we had a moment where we talked about when we became Christian, or it's like, how long was it ago when? we became a Christian. Okay. And so the obvious answer might be, um, like, when I was little, I think when I was five, I remember going to Sunday school, and my, er, and a guy, or er, one of the guys in charge of the kids' ministry was talking about asking God into your heart. And to some people, er, like, that would be the start of a relationship with Christ. Okay. That is the start, asking God into your heart. But, like, when you are a five, six, seven-year-old kid, you don't entirely understand what that means. Right. Like, you, when, you're, or when you're a kid and when you're doing Sunday school, you start to learn all the little things. You start, or you understand what sin is. You understand what, um, what, um, what love looks like to an, or, to a very narrow extent. And it's like you've got these very narrow understandings of things. Sure. But then you get older. And as you get older, um, if you choose to continue following this path, you learn more. You understand Christianity more. So in that exercise in the transitions group, we talked, or like many of us would say we've been a Christian for five years. We might have really committed to Christianity when we were maybe 15, 16, 17, where we fully understood what it was like to give our lives to God or to commit to a relationship with God. Okay. So, I've, um, I grew, 
up knowing and understanding and you can call it indoctrination if you would like um sorry uh, can i catch my breath um i did grow up in a christian household and when i was gosh i can't remember how old i was i think it was about five or six when i asked god into my heart when i talked okay. to god about it but like it was a long path from that to realizing I needed to do that because it was the right thing to do to realizing it was the thing I needed to do. Like it was the path, or like it was, gosh, this is hard to word. Why is it so hard to word? It's a simple concept where it's like, w or when you're a kid, you do it because everybody does it or because mm -hmm. your parents encourage you to do it where you become older and you realize that you want to do it. So you were older when you decided that you wanted yeah. to do it? Okay. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of a, I don't want to be a Christian when I was yeah. little. But it was but the, yeah, like the you said, change. It was, it was the maturing right. of the thoughts and the ideas and the sudden, like, big, er, big understanding of what following God looks like. Okay. So, on a scale of 0 to, what is it, what, 10, 100 is kind of complicated. Um, how, if, if 0 being not at all and 10 being 100%, where are you on your belief in God? I'd give it a good solid 10, maybe an 11. Okay. I mean, that... 11? Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's... That's... That's, uh, like, I'm sorry, that's a very odd, but I don't know. It's weird putting your belief into a numerical scale, but it's just your certainty, not necessarily the I belief mean itself. Yeah. It's just your certainty in it, if okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. That's we could make it a scale of 0 to 100 if you if you want. Would it, well, would it be 100? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um. So, so, um. That makes me very interested in, uh, so how did, so you said, um, you came to the realization, uh, when you were older that this is what you wanted to be, or that God was real, and then you decided to, well, I always keep with it. I always grew up with the understanding that God was real. Okay. But I never, er, but it was when I was older, when I realized what that meant, Okay. What biblically, or biblically, what that meant, and what that meant for me in my life, okay. like, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm just trying to understand. So, how did something like click, or did you see something, or did someone say something, or did you read something, or was it everything? Like, actually, it was. Like what confirmed it? Yeah. It know? was something. Or it was like a little thing that kind of spouted it, a weird kind of disabled perspective, if okay. that makes sense. Okay. And that's the thing. My life is disability, religion, and politics. It kind of like, they kind of relate a lot to each other and are interconnected, which sure. as I think they which should is, be. Is, you're right. Um, that makes sense. But like... So it's a disability perspective. So what's, yeah. th what's that? Okay, so like I talked about earlier, how I did all these things uh -huh. to show people, or to show that people that I was more than my disability, or to 
show people or, or to do things that people didn't expect me to do. One of those things was a skiing program that um, my ho or my uh, my uh, hospital did during the or during February through March or April. I can't remember. However long there was snow on the mountains, they did a skiing program and they would okay. drive cool. up a lot like. Um, the hospital, Children's Hospital, does a lot of gr uh, group work with the, oh gosh, um, NC, oh gosh, why can't I remember this name? I was just thinking about them earlier. Um, National Sports Center for the Disabled, um, NSCD, that's what they're called. But they are a group that, encur that um, encourages and gives tools to physically disabled people who do athletic things like actual athletic competitory things Kay. with leagues cool. and stuff but like the hospital does a lot of that kind of stuff and um, there's a ski resort which has kind or they're not resort I don't there's um, winter parks is what it's called it's way deep in the mountains and it's beautiful but they have an nscd outlet where they have a lot of the skiing equipment that you can rent out for or uh, for a day um for um to ski with and it could be anything from just extra skiing equipment to um a sit ski which is what i would use um which is basically a bucket seat um, with like a foot pedal, kind of like a wheelchair, except more leaned back and hard to get out of. Okay. <laughs> um, attached to two That's skis or one ski at the bottom, and you would, um, you would have little. Um, you've seen my crutches, right? Red crutches? No, you've seen my crutches. Oh, right? your crutches. It yes, I have. It would work in the same way where there would be a handle here, a cuff here that right, right. with a little more uh, strap security, mm -hmm. um, with little. Um, mini skis kind of attached which would act as kind of both steering and brake okay. and it would be kind of physical process of moving your body and it's super fun um, <laughs> back on point though like this was my first year doing this and it was super fun I enjoyed it mm. how but old were you? freshman which means I was oh gosh in high school? yeah so you've been about 15? how old are you now? are you 21? Yes. So you've been about 15. Yeah. yeah. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> but so like I was sitting at the, er, um, I was sitting at the bus super excited to get going and to get skiing and stuff. And like, uh, I'm a thinker. I think a lot, especially when I don't have anything else to do. And basically what all Every time we skied, they would set up some kids' movie because it was this giant tour bus. They would set up a kids' movie for the younger kids to watch because it was like, geez, I don't know what the youngest grade was, but it was super young to senior in high school. Um, but so I would usually just listen to my music loudly and watch the mountains go by and think. And an interesting thought had occurred to me while I was up on those or while I was just watching the landscape go by where it's like why am I here not so much why am I alive but why am I doing this mm -hmm. why are we like all living or doing this ski doing skiing okay um and like I don't that's the thing I don't know or I didn't or I can't say I understood um the 
intentions of everybody else on there. Some people might have been out there for a good time, but I could say honestly that I was there to make a point. But why, I thought to myself. Right. why what was, the, what was the point you were making? That I could do more than people expected me to do. Okay. And to some extent I did, but like in later years I look back and some people might just look at it as, oh, she's skiing, how cute. Not knowing that I would go to like double black mountains or whatever it's mm -hmm. called. I, can't, I don't know the grades. I just yeah. know I went on some pretty intense slopes. That <laughs> okay. But, um, that's, that's pretty cool. I haven't done I haven't even. I won't so even try. Fun. Yeah. But okay. That's cool. Like that's really cool. In the end, what does this, what does this accomplish? What does this do? What I'm, if this is what I'm trying to prove, then to what end? Okay. Like, why? Why is this useful? Why is this helpful? Why? Just a bunch of why started occurring to me. And it was just this weird occurrence or idea where I thought to myself, my actions are meaningless. And that seems very negative, but with okay within the christian perspective we have a place if we've accepted christ into our life and we've devoted our lives to serving the lord and spreading his word we have a place or we have a place where we know we are going but which is which is heaven okay which outs uh, outside of that because my brain works on a basis of devil's advocate where it's like if not for my christianity I would be going nowhere. I would, uh, like, nothing I did would mean anything, anything whatsoever. I mean, to an extent, my actions don't, like, er, don't guarantee me a place in heaven or guarantee me a place in hell, per se, but, like, my actions... My er, my actions are selfish, but they are also meaningless. When I'm dead in the ground with a gravestone, um, uh, what will this or anything I do change? Because eventually I will die, and eventually the people that might have seen me differently will die, and then nothing, nothing I do had a purpose. But I or outside of Christianity. And then I thought that, like, God made us. God made every one of us for a purpose. And I talked about how hard, er, earlier about how hard that was hearing sometimes. But it's like, God, God has a plan and God has given meaning and given purpose to our lives. So if I and to walk, am I, if I am to move, if I am to do anything, it should be for Christ, because otherwise it has no meaning. So, uh, if someone were to do it for, oh god, I don't even know the names, uh, like, Hindu god Vishnu, Allah, Yahweh, then it wouldn't really be for anything? Well, or could they still find you know, that purpose in their religion? They or what do you think? They can still have that purpose and have that conviction and they 
like that's the thing. I will believe. Uh, I will believe that my or that Christianity is the, or that my God is the one true God, mm-hmm. and Christianity is the. Is um the lifestyle that I or that I must lead and that I will lead others to, um live if they're willing, um, but if they or if somebody who worships Vishdi or Allah or whoever else I'm not great with the foreign names. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think the there's well, first of all, Hinduism has millions so there's so many. like Vishnu, Kali, uh, Shiva, all these yeah yeah but I mean it, you don't have to know names but just in general like could somebody get that from a different religion I mean they c- they could if they or I, they could if they wanted to but okay. like this was a very specific moment uh, it's like I don't I don't look at things through the eyes of other religions because this is the religion I know and this is the religion I've, or this is the lifestyle that I've chosen to believe because I believe mm-hmm. it is correct. Okay. But, like, I always consider, or I personally always consider outside of religion thinking about things atheistically. Like, minus God, what is life? Okay. And so, um,. I, I, I'm sure people have probably found that reasoning within their own, or within their own beliefs somehow, or maybe, um, maybe their word or scripture or text or whatever mm-hmm. has led them to that idea as well. Um, but I, um, this was the moment or this was that defining moment from where I chose to be a Christian because that's what was or everybody thought was the right thing to do where whereas where I thought it was the thing that was or that I had or sorry where I chose to be or to follow God and to have a relationship with God okay um so let me let me just see if I can copy back what you're saying to me so that I so that we're on the same page. Okay. So, are you saying that uh, you found this relationship through purpose? Yes. So like fi- so like um, what I mean is so you ask yourself is this does this mean anything without God, and no, so there must be a God, otherwise all this is meaningless. No, it was more like what you would, you would ask this earlier about um, belief in God, where it's uh-huh. like, I was always taught that God was real, and that is what, or that is the, what I've, that is the truth that I've accepted my whole life, because it, to me it is the truth. Okay. Um the realization that I came to is that it's the idea of what Christianity is. It's doing everything for God instead of for ourselves. Okay. 
because uh, like that's the thing me doing all of my actions or me doing skiing out of pride and out of wanting to prove something to people well like skiing is fun but for some of the purposes I was doing it it was purely selfish okay whereas and again this is this is in the context of skiing but it was also in the context of other ways I live my life like if there's no meaning to life why do I get out of bed if there's no meaning to life why do I choose to walk if there's no meaning in life why do I choose to work so hard every day and God is God is the purpose that he is right yeah I, I understand I, yeah. yeah I understand the the conclusion that you came to I'm just wondering with that middle ground like how you came to that conclusion is all if does that make sense yeah like I like I I understand where you were before the question that you had was uh what does this mean right mm-hmm and in the end you came up uh what is so you what does this mean and then God was the conclusion so I'm just looking for like the ropes that at, like connected those two thoughts. Does that make sense? You know what I mean. So well like, well so like, how did you get there? Was it because it was already there, or was it? Well, is that what you mean by, since I was already, um, growing up in a Christian household, I'd always had that thought anyway. So is that why it led you there, or did you have a separate conversation with yourself? It w- it was like, um. Hmm. How do I explain this? Um, it was like making, it, it was making a connection. It's like, I follow God because it's the right thing to do. I have this Bible that tells me all the truths. But it was, in that moment, it was making the connection of what that meant okay like um okay uh let me think let me think of an or let me think of an example like i was trying to do it in math but i can't i can't think of anything mathematic right now um it's like Okay, here's an ex- or here's an example. Um, it's like giving to the poor. It's like you might start off doing it because it's the right thing to do or it's the kind thing to do. In some vague sense, you understand that it's the thing that you should do. Mm-hmm. But then, y- er, but in that connection, um, you kind of connect the dots to this person is um this per or this person could have had a rough past or this person could just really need that one nice thing or just the idea of i don't know a wide it's like your perspective widening suddenly okay gosh it's really we can move on if you want to I can ask you a different question. It's it's okay. I just like. I didn't mean to mess your mind. <laughs> I didn't mean no, to you up. It's a, uh, It's okay. It's just it's. 
it's a very hard thing to help other people understand because to some extent it is like what is the meaning what is the purpose of life why am i here kind of stuff that mm -hmm. is that is kind of really negative thoughts and it's thoughts that got I think it's negative well it can lead to some negative stuff like yep. when i was in middle school that was it was very rough for me mm -hmm. i mean that that's like i talked earlier about how when i was little i didn't really notice things but it was in middle school when i started to realize that i was different and that that was apparently a problem i use quotes for those not looking at me <laughs> thank you for <laughs> narrating that <laughs> yeah that's a problem sometimes and <laughs> but like it it was in middle school where it was where like these thoughts were very were very negative where it's like okay. what is the purpose of anything why am i here would it be easier if i wasn't here would okay. it be easier if i was gone and so so god is what keeps you here is god that? is the purpose okay because I, that's the thing I think or I'm an engineer and I guess I've always thought like this and I only realized oh hey I should be an engineer a couple of years ago mm. but it's like I think of God as as an engineer in a way okay where like again I, I repeat this God put me here for a reason God has a plan for me mm -hmm. and I think of it as one would think of a design for a piece of machinery or a piece of or, or a building or something like that where every piece designed has a purpose and it might be that's the or that's the thing it might be a very small thing or a very small thing or a very big thing or it might be a very intricate useful thing or maybe just like Everything has, everybody has a part to play because God planned it okay. like that. And that is the thing that keeps me going, knowing that what, uh, however, whatever comes my way and whatever God decides to put in my path, he puts it there for a reason and he has a plan for me. I don't know what that is. It, I've spent nights just worrying and wondering what that looks like but it's that is the thing that keeps me going knowing that God has something in mind for me and God has something in mind for the people around me and God has something in mind for some random person across the world that I've never met but God has this intricate plan that um that he has set for us. I okay. And that's that is the thing that keeps me going. It's like I'm not n I've am not living for anything else. I am living for Christ. And sometimes I mess that up and sometimes I totally er well, yeah, totally yeah. sin. Okay. And that's sin nature, but it's like it's all that's the thing that always brings me back and brings me back to focus where it's like god is here god has a plan 
and also is uh, just there. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Brain model. Ha. It's okay. it again. It's thinking about things in the big picture, like I talked about um, earlier with feminism, where it's like it's not just one person; it's every person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. God made every person for a reason. Okay, and so. Um, so earlier I asked you if somebody could get that from their gods, god, whatever, you know, we didn't know the names, but um, Mm -hmm. from their religion. So I'm wondering if you could have gotten it from Vishnu or Allah or Yahweh or Jehovah, why is it this god instead that you choose to go with? Because, like, like what sets this one apart from all the other ones if you still get the same purpose out of both? You know what I mean? Yeah. I I get it. Um it's because to me it makes sense. It okay. like it, so it makes more sense to go with this one than Well not Vishnu, Yahweh, well, Allah, whatever. I mean, I don't know if I've ever even considered being a part of any other faction or belief, uh-huh. I guess. But like Oh gosh, this might sound silly to somebody who might not think the same way, but uh, um, theology, theology in the bath or in the context of the Bible and in the literal translation of the Bible makes sense to me. Okay. In what way? It just once um, one uh, one of the pastors at my church, I mean, technically he's an elder, but occasionally serves as a pastor. He said at the beginning of his uh, sermon, the Bible is sufficient. Okay. Where, like... What does he mean by that? What he means is that the Bible is everything we need to know, if that makes sense. I mean, okay. barring, like, the no- or the knowledge of, like, how to do math and (laughs) speak eloquently like god gave us everything we need to know about him and about okay um so it's everything that you need to know about yeah okay and that that's the thing whenever whenever i read the bible in the or as um read the bible in the er, in the literal context which is the only context um it's it there is no like hazy areas for me okay and that's there is so much or there's like i don't know if i can entirely zero in on something right now that's fine you that can, i you could give absolutely an example, come back but like later you can abs- i would love to have you back okay cool so but keep going sorry um but the bo- er, it has always been black and white to me. No okay. hazy gray areas. No question of er, questionability. And about what? Like the rules in it? The inerrancy? The I don't know. The d- what? Do you, follow, do you follow the teachings of Jesus? What? Or what do you mean by the teachings of Jesus? Like, do you just does your church or your beliefs just focus on the New Testament or are you all Bible? Oh, okay. Old and new. Okay. So is it so uh 
you it's black and white do you sorry do you believe the bible's inerrant inerrant like, like it like that means it doesn't have there are no errors it does there's no mistakes yeah no. okay okay i mean i i also like bibles come or bibles if you go to any christian bookstore you will see all these different versions and i believe that there could be po or maybe possible inerrancies and in that just with word usage because originally the bible is god breathed okay the idea that um god put the words into people's brains or mouths and that was that was what was written okay but through that through translation um i that's the thing i would like to believe that everybody that sits down to make the nlt the niv the um new king james version whatever will take the time to really focus and study and i general i generally believe that but occasion or but occasionally you okay yeah sorry i rubbed my eye the wrong way i guess oh my gosh check. Keep oh. i'm listening okay. <laughs> i'm okay i'm okay um got it fixed it done but like i or i genuinely believe that um that through all that translation god's word still speaks okay in literal or er, in literal speaks literally i can't do words okay um so there may be like a different word every now and then in different versions of the bible but it's all still the same thing it's that, that well therein lies um there that actually is a great discussion about um the or differences in theologies like a different word could entirely change a meaning of a verse which is why it is so important that we try to um i'm going to move back on what i said a while ago about how i would like to believe or how i would like to be believe everything is totally literal mm -hmm. literal because within wi or within these or within the translation there is human mistake and there is the so occasion errant. What? So it is, so it, there are errors. There, c er, there is the possibility, which is why okay. there, th which is one of the many reasons there is such differing in, or there is such difference in theology sometimes. Well, well right, 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 but to Catholic. I just to mean the Bible, just the Bible. You don't have to worry about yeah. Jehovah's Witness. Well, yeah, you know, whatever else, just the Bible. Mm -hmm. do you think there are errors in it? So, I mean, like, oh, I don't know. Not, like, as in misspellings, as in, like, uh, contradictions, let's say. Do you think there are contradictions in the Bible? I don't think that there are... Because, hmm. like, when people say the you know catholics believe the pope is inerrant that means whatever he says is true he cannot be wrong and that's what they believe and so applied to the bible it means whatever the bible says is true but now that you mentioned that you think one word could change a whole thing when if you like if i were to put two bibles you know right here in front of me and i open and one says something completely different than the other one that makes them different that makes what they're saying completely different, doesn't it? Or is that not what you mean? I mean, I, I could say, or um. Sorry. Does that make sense? Far. It does. Okay. It does make sense. And that that's 
that's something that has caused a reasonable doubt within things. Like one version, and oh gosh, I can't think of where the verse is found, but one version could say, pray continually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's in Thessalonians, where it's like, um, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. But another version could say, pray without cease. Now, does sound like, like the same thing. They sound similar, but c- without cease could bear or could bear a different meaning than like continuously. What else would that mean other than continuously? Well, um, continuously could be uh, like and the er the sorry, this is still within the um. Sorry, I need to kind of sink in myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are people, or, um, though those sound very similar, there are some that could read those, or read those two verses differently, where pray continually sounds a bit more or might sound a bit more passive than praying without cease, meaning praying without stopping, praying all or praying all the time when they should mean roughly the same thing. Mm-hmm. But okay, and within that, within that context, <sighs> I or I would say. I would say that the meaning could be read differently if you are if you choose to take things into context. But the or but the goal of the literal Bible believing um, non-denominational kind of sector is that we take it we take the Bible as it is. So it says pray continually or pray without cease. It means. God wants us to be in conversation with him all the time. Okay. And like so that's not really contradictory though. It cuz no, it it's is a very the same yeah. Thing. That's the thing. It's a very minor thing, but mm-hmm. it can make a big deal okay. within ideas and within theologies, which is why there's such big massive debates about context or ideas or what th- certain things mean okay. or conclusions that scholars have jumped to eons ago that some people still believe sure. even though the Bible doesn't say that. Okay. So, so let me take a different angle with inerrancy then. Um, do you think like, do you think everything it says is true? Yes. The, literally. Okay. Um, so, Noah's Ark um, actually happened? Blonde? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lazarus, yes, risen from the dead, and then I can't, I don't remember his name. The Jesus putting clay on a guy's eyes and making and so that he can see again. Yes. Okay. Okay. Walking on water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. Okay. So it so it is an errant, whether or not people kind of come from their own different interpretations is that what you mean mm-hmm. by it might be a little contradictory sometimes is that what you mean by that yeah so not necessarily that that one says for example 
pray every single day versus pray when you need something. Like those are completely different things. Yeah, so it's exactly. not. It's not that it says that. It's not that there's conflict with what they say. It's just what people will read. Is exactly. that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. So the Bible itself is inerrant. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm. I understand. It's just that the people. Yeah. Okay. Again, human error. Right. Right. Uh. So. How how did you say the Bible was written? God breathed, which means God. Or again, God put the words into those that were writing. Okay. Um, but human inerrancy did not get in the way of that. No, no. because okay. it was God breathed. It wasn't okay. just somebody seeing okay. God um, spit loaves into things and telling, saying, "Oh man, this thing happened." Da, 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 it was fantastic. Right. It was God putting. Or somebody sitting down, or, well, maybe this is in reverse order, but God having somebody sit down and write things mm-hmm. as they happen, or as they happened. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, wouldn't it just be easier if everybody who was reading it read the same thing? I don't know if I understand what you mean. So, like, if uh, if God breathed or spoke, whatever you like, through the people who wrote the Bible, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be also easier to breathe through the people who read it, if that makes sense? So that we don't have to come to all these conflicts with, you know, theology and the stuff that you were talking about where people will split hairs, you know, and that kind of thing. Well, that kind of... Okay, so... The idea of God breathed is that so it's the perf or so in context or not in context. I gotta stop using that word. Um, is that it is in the or it's all in the oh gosh I can't think of words anymore. Darn it! It's as it should be. It is what all that we need to know about Christianity. Okay. But if you take if you take the idea that like everybody reading is God breathe or God breathes as well. Not necessarily that he's making them read it or that he's making yeah. that he's making them add anything to it. I just mean like you and me sitting down if we don't read the same thing wouldn't it just be easier for God to make us see the same thing. Does that make, s- if mean that make sense? The idea of the Bible is so that that will happen, so that those connections are okay. made, and that. <sighs> but that doesn't happen with everybody because of human inerrancy, right? Exactly. Right, but so Emma, my question is, why why would God not make everybody see it the same way if He could make everybody write it to be true? Do you or let me rephrase. Um, so if he if he could get past human inerrancy, then why wouldn't he now? Why wouldn't he do it now? Does that make sense? Is that yeah, clear that up a little bit. That's that is a very good question. But I know, like, 
it just seems like it'd be easier because then you wouldn't have people splitting hairs it would just be what it is everybody would know it i mean at that point though it again it starts to take the idea of making the personal choice of under believing and understanding God's word. Well, right. Oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying you have to believe it. I'm just well, saying, like, shouldn't everybody be able to read it the same way? That's that. You don't have to believe it. Like, we could sit mm-hmm. down here and read the Bible, and let's say in a different world, you and I would read the same thing, but I still walk out of here an atheist, and you still walk out of here a Christian. Does that make sense? So, like, yeah. we. So I don't have to buy into it, but I. You and I understand the same thing about it. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't that happened? Because it doesn't necessarily impede on free will, you know. Because we can still believe, you know, what we choose to believe. But I'm just wondering what you think I mean, about why not just surpass human inerrancy in that aspect. I that's as again. That's the. Th- uh, that's. Hold on sinking in <laughs> yeah yeah no no no. let it sink in i just i want to know what you what what you think about that i think that uh, honestly the bible was written so that we would uh, or we would understand it right perf- no, like <sighs> yeah i, I get you. no the okay so the idea that there is so much human errancy within the context of an inerrant book mm-hmm. that is the Bible, the one inerrant book, um, is that just, hmm, just people try to read something different out of it. Travel tried to get something different out of it than than or than they than what's actually there. And Okay. But you don't think it's possible that people were doing the same I thing then? Well <sighs> Hmm. I mean, that's... Hmm. I've always... And this is... This is per... Or this is through personal experience where I've always... Um... I mean, um... As I've grown in Christ, and as I, or as I've read the Bible more, I've understood more and stuff like that. But to me, I feel like when we read the Bible, we have the ability to read, or we have the ability to read it properly. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, the Bible is very sensical. It's like a textbook. It's show, or it is the, or it shows, uh, or it shows us how God wants us to follow him. It shows us how pe- or, um, people in the past, um, the mistakes, the miracles, all of this stuff, so that we understand what it means to be a Christian. And may, er, that's maybe, that's the thing. I've never understood the disconnect. 
So mm-hmm. maybe I'm not the right person to answer that question for Oh, me. no, I, I don't want the but answer. I want to know what you think about it. I just, I you, I Emma, have Emma Wright. I want to know what Emma Wright thinks about why God would not surpass human inerrancy now when he did then. I would, I, I want to know what you think about that. Always, I've just, oh, or I have always personally thought the Bible to be, I, that this, that, that, <laughs> I think that God wants us to figure things out is okay. the same is the thing like if God just gives us the answers then we don't know how to get there or like Isn't it's the Bible the well, answer no the idea is the answer oh gosh so he kind of wants us to be a little confused no not confused God wants, it's like, okay, here's a math example. Okay. Math. Okay. Okay, so you can understand, or you, somebody could show you (coughs) the beginning of the problem. Right. And the end of the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And you see the answer to that problem. Right. But you don't see how they, how they got there. Right. You have to figure that out yourself. Yeah. Right. I'd okay. I always thought that the idea is that God God gave us all the truths and he also gave us the ability to understand. Sure. And so um in your ex- the example you gave of math that would make sense if everybody was getting to the same conclusion anyway. Because math, there are lots of ways to do it, but you should always have one answer. But in this case, everybody's coming up with a different way to do it and a different answer. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah. I think it's a little bit more complicated than math. It it probably is that I just understand, like, math, or math just clicks in my head. Yeah, no, I, so I, I understand that. That's okay. I mean... The basis for misunderstanding, I think, partially is sin nature. Okay. I mean, to call it right, yeah, we've gone over it that it's human. Uh, well, not again, not just human error, not just human inability. It is sin nature. What do you mean? What's the difference? It's. <sighs> Hold on. Do you mean um, that it's because humans are bad that no. they misinterpret it? I think. Oh gosh, this is a this is a actually very interesting and hard to answer question. I got to give you credit for that, but it's <laughs> no, I, I I swear I did not pull that out of my laptop. I <laughs> it's okay. It's <laughs> I mean, you can say I don't. I don't know. It's, it's okay. Okay, then honestly, I don't know. My okay. best, my best answer is that God made us all differently. God made okay. our heads work differently, sure. but God also gave us a truth. 
mm-hmm. and some choose to look at it different, or some choose to look at it other or a, a different way than how it is presented. And I, okay, I I can't answer that. I'm That's sorry. Okay. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. You can say I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. Um, I'm just trying to mm-hmm. get there with you. Yeah, and it's okay if you don't know. We can we'll we can go to a, a different question. Um, last question of the night. Um, that relates to that too. Maybe this will be a little easier yeah. for us to to figure out together. Um, yeah. So how do you know that your interpretation is correct? I get or it's faith. It's faith in what I've read and okay. faith in what I've understood. So it's I mean Keep going. that that's basically the or that is the solid point. I have faith in what I've learned and what I've understood. Okay. God in the end will reveal what is right to us. Okay. But the way I've been taught and the way I've come to learn is that the truth is black and white. It's okay. there, it's in front of us. He has given us everything we need and get or given us the opportunity and or er, the opportunity to make a choice to follow him okay. or to go a different way. So um, yeah, okay. It's it is faith. I have faith that the way I have learned and the way that I follow God is the right direction. Okay. So let me just again, just repeat that back to you to make sure that I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, of course. Um, so you know that the way you interpret the Bible is the way to interpret the Bible because you believe that and you were taught to believe that. Is that correct? Well, I was taught to believe that, and then I bel- or and then once I was an adult and I understood right. the world better, I chose to believe that. Okay. So experience, mm-hmm. um, how you were raised, um, and just how brains naturally, you know, evolve and, and grow into mm-hmm. something. Okay. Well, thank you, Emma. Ah. Thank you for digging through these these topics with me and and i want you back awesome. I, want, I want you back on the show because uh, there's a lot of things we didn't get to get into cool i can um, do my research and, and so i would of course and so i definitely want to have you back for at least another couple of sessions because i really like doing this with you and i love having conversations with you and for everybody listening um a couple of last thoughts before we go i stick around on my facebook page and uh, look for the Kelly Center Disability Faction that Emma was talking about because I want to make a difference in... I wouldn't call it a faction. That's fine. We will um, figure that out and we're going to see what we can do and we're going to do it because that's what's right and that's what needs to be done. Yes. Um, let me know how I can help. Like, let Well, no, no you let us know how we yes. can help. You let us know, okay? Um everybody thank you for listening emma you have any last last comments last thoughts questions um, whatever thank you or er, thank you for listening i hope you learned something interesting or was able to I bring something new did. home oh yeah with you and thanks for, er, uh <laughs> thanks for bearing with me as i try to figure <laughs> out questions all right god Th- bless you thank you so much emma 
This is Coalition M signing out. Thank you so much. Good night.